This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. You're tuned into Enterprise and this is Raise Your Game. I'm Christine Wong. As we close out the year, our focus is on finishing strong in 2022 by hitting those goals we've set out to accomplish. Along the way, we've all made our fair share of mistakes and miscalculations, as well as hopefully some good decisions and good moves and hopefully enjoyed some good wins as well. But the time has come to begin work on 2023, to take lessons from this year and invest them into our future. I have Jeevan Saadevan, founder of Leverage Lab, in the studio with me to talk to us about the seven necessary endings we need in order to finish strong in 2022. Uh, welcome back to the yeah, studio. Great as to be here usual. as always. <laughs> so I think let's start with what on earth are necessary endings in the first place? Okay, so here's the thing. Here's how you look at it. In order to finish strong and create an incredible new year, an incredible 2023 ahead, one of the things you've got to do is to raise your standards. You've got to raise your standards. And how do you do that? One of the most important things when it comes to raising your standards so that you can have an amazing year and you can finish strong is to let go of those things that don't work for you. Mm. And so this is where the whole concept of necessary endings come in because as the word says, it's necessary to end. Sometimes people, I've seen this very often in business people, um, they move forward very, very strongly, but they get pulled back. They keep Mm. getting pulled back all the time by things that stop them, things that slow them down, stop them from their success and all kinds of nonsense that prevents them from being truly successful. Mm. So today what we're going to do is I'm going to share with you seven necessary endings that I've identified. And when you act on these seven and you end it once and for all in your businesses, in your careers, in your lives, you will have an incredible forward movement. Mm. You'll have huge momentum forward and you'll smash your goals. So it's it's the end of the year and it's also a good time as you enter the new year to end, mm. end a lot of things. And we're going to take a look at what these seven are. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, I don't think any one of us goes out of our way to get in our own way. Do you know what I mean? So <laughs> exactly. why on earth are people holding on to stuff that doesn't work? What's keeping them from... The main, yeah, and the main the thing, stuff- really, I mean, why people keep doing things that don't work or they hold on to something that doesn't work. So, for example, mm. uh, why would a person not in a toxic relationship? Right. Why hold on to such a thing? Mm. The reason is comfort zone. So many people are just very comfortable in the way they've, they've been doing things and there's a status quo at play. So the status quo is something they've gotten used to over the years and they just they just run their lives this way. And it's quite shocking because sometimes nothing in their environment challenges them to change that comfort zone, to change mm. and to end something that isn't working. And until something serious happens, like maybe a heart attack or whatever else it is, then you you wake up. So you don't want to wait for that to happen. You want to take stock of what needs to end and end it now so that you can move forward powerfully and you can win. You can win in a very big way. These seven necessary endings, they're not easy. They're very simple, but they're not easy. They're going to require a lot of work, but you will see progress and you will see gains immediately as you work on them. Mm. All right. Well, I guess let's jump straight into it. Let's go right in. Okay. First one, necessary ending number one. So the first thing you need to end, the first one is end dismissals. So let me explain what I mean by this. End dismissals. Now, uh, dismissals, for example, many people, when they see something that could change their life, change their marketing, change their sales, change their business, they dismiss it. It could be uh, it could be a book. Dismiss it. You tell someone, hey, you know, you should really read this book on social media marketing. It's really good. And the person dismisses it, thinking they know everything they need to know mm-hmm. on social media. So they dismiss it. And this is important because this is actually, if you look at it from a psychological point of view, this is a protection mechanism. 
It's a protection mechanism to stay the same, to embrace your status quo. So they dismiss it. For instance, someone could dismiss cryptocurrency mm-hmm. or someone could dismiss property investments at a time like now. You could dismiss anything. So what's the solution here? Investigate. Mm-hmm. Investigate. Don't dismiss. And now you could be dismissing good books. You could dismiss good courses. Uh, you could dismiss strategies you don't understand. For instance, many business people have dismissed TikTok. And TikTok is an incredible strategy. It can pump you with leads, but it requires a lot of work. TikTok requires a lot of work, actually. And and many people dismiss that. Uh, Some people dismiss offline strategies. For instance, an exhibition kiosk can produce quite a few leads for you. But many people say, no, I'm just going to go to social media. I'm going to go to Instagram and Facebook and everything else. So you want to end dismissals. And instead, you when, when someone recommends a very good idea or a good strategy or a good method, investigate. Mm-hmm. So I have this very simple formula and it's just it's just three words. Investigate, test, measure. That's it. That's what you got to do. So how do you end dismissals? You investigate something without just dismissing it. Test it out. See if it works for you and then measure the results. If it works, keep it. If it doesn't, check it out. For instance, sometimes someone would recommend a book to me and I would look at it and, and I may have a first impulse to dismiss it saying, yeah, I've heard stuff like this before. But then I stop and take a look and say, hey, maybe there's something I don't know because I don't know what I don't know. Yep. You don't know what you don't know. And when you when you investigate, you could find something. So this is a very important, necessary ending. You want to end dismissals. And I can tell you, uh, society is moving forward very quickly. Technology is moving forward very quickly. If you're holding on to this quality of dismissal, you will miss out on so many strategies that are available for you to grow your business. So essentially, so you just need to keep an open mind and then also test things out before yeah, just being exactly. like, no, so you it doesn't need, work for me. Exactly. You don't need to embrace every single thing, but don't dismiss it completely. Yeah. I'll give you an example. Yeah. So there's a new, I don't know if you call it a new trend. One of the new trends in diet, for instance, is the carnivore diet. Mm-hmm. And these are people who believe that plants are bad for you. Vegetables are bad for you. Can you imagine? Now, um, this is fascinating to see, and yet some people do well on this diet. So, so you know, it's it's so easy to just dismiss this as con- complete nonsense. Or you can take a look: is there some uh, some gray area here? It that might not could be, be totally, you know, uh, working for everyone or anything yeah, like that. You, but but you got to investigate. You yes. got to investigate. So, and the same thing can apply to anything from a strategy to anything out there. So that's the first necessary ending. Mm-hmm. Tell yourself once and for all, I will end dismissals. I will instead investigate, I will test, and I will measure. So that's number one, necessary ending number one. Mm -hmm. First one. Second one. The second necessary ending, but this one I think is critical for many people, and that is end blame. You've got to end blame. Many people out there, they when something goes wrong, this in their immediate gut instinct is to blame. They blame people, they blame the economy, they blame the government, they blame their mother-in-law, whoever they can blame. And here's the thing, blame, when you look at it again from a psychological perspective, blame is a responsibility avoidance strategy. Yes. So the reason why people blame is because they don't want to take responsibility. It's very easy. When you blame someone or you blame something, all responsibility to fix the situation has disappeared. Mm. You don't need to do it. You can say, hey, look, you know, it's COVID. So that's why the economy is like, that's why my business is doing well. That's blame. Yeah. So and it's it's an avoidance strategy. So I tell people, you've got to be very careful with blame. Some people make blame a noble thing. For instance, they will say, oh, I don't blame anyone or anything. I only blame myself. That's actually worse. Because now you're blaming yourself, so it looks noble, but actually it's, just, it's even worse because you can't, you're completely removing responsibility now. Yeah. So how do you do this? What's the solution here? The solution here is to have this mantra of three words that you say to yourself all the time. 
I am responsible. Mm. I'm responsible. If your business has taken a hit, so I'll give you an example. Your marketing has dropped. Prospects are not coming in. Customers are not coming in. Instead of blaming your marketing campaigns, instead of blaming your social media guy, instead of blaming um, the economy, take a look. Mm-hmm. Take some responsibility and have a sit down, have a meeting, have a discussion, uh, change your approach and keep changing your approach till you get a better result and never ever walk the path of blame. It is so tempting, it's so easy easy to do it and I I think during this election season we'll see a lot of it. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see a lot of blame and we're yeah. going to see a whole bunch of and really honestly no one's impressed by this and no one's happy with it so the solution really is I'm responsible mm-hmm. so that's the thing that you want to do so instead of blaming and this is an ending that is absolutely critical because imagine if you live the life without blame you refuse to blame anything the minute something goes wrong you take responsibility you yeah. just take responsibility and you fix it isn't that a better way to live absolutely so, agree so, with you yeah so there you go so that's a second ending that that we need to do all right we're going to take a short break for some messages but after that we'll continue to break down these seven necessary endings with Jeevan Sayadevan here on raise your game this is BFM 89.9 brewing frothy mocha BFM 89.9 the business station. This is Raise Your Game. I'm Christine Wong. And of course, I have Jeevan Sadevan here as it is the first Monday of the month, uh, founder of Leverage Lab. And we're talking about seven necessary endings. Before the break, we covered two of them, end, dismissal, and blame. Let's jump into the third. Okay, so the first one was ending dismissal. Stop dismissing things that could be very important. Second is to end blame. Stop blaming. The third one is to end justifying. This is such a necessary ending. This is the cousin of blame. Uh, In other words, this is excuses on steroids. So what's justifying? So justifying is where you take a position of inactivity and you do a lot of research to justify that. You do the research to prove that this is how it should be. For example, I can often often talk to startups and startup companies who say, look, we're a startup, so we're not supposed to be making money in the first three years. That's absolute nonsense. You should be making money within a couple of months because if you're not making money, all it means is you're not generating leads and you're not converting your leads into customers. Mm. So that means you have a marketing problem and a sales problem. But then what they would do is they would get a lot of data from here and there and say justify that position. So in other words, you're justifying inactivity. So the, the solution to this, the solution to this is a very important solution. That is do all you can do versus do your best. So let me explain. If I was to ask you to, to give me some push-ups, how many push-ups can you do? So you say, okay, I could do about 10 push-ups. So give me your best. So you give your absolute best, you could do, say, 15 push-ups. Then I ask this question, but is that all you can do? If you take a break for an hour, you can do another 15. If you take a break for an hour, you can do another 15. And too often people whine about their best. They say, I've given it my best. That's the best that I can do. But that's not all they can do. You see, if you've tried a few marketing campaigns and it doesn't work, that's not all you can do. You can still do some more. If you hire the staff and and that staff turned out to be a, a really bad staff in the company, that's not all you can do. You can still hire other people. Mm. You can still hybrid it. You can mix it for work from home, work from work. You can do all kinds of stuff. So the thing is to be careful when you start justifying. When you start justifying and you start bringing some useless data to to solidify that position, what you're really doing is you're just washing your hands off activity. So I think here, uh, uh, one important distinction to make is if you're justifying something like, you know, oh, we've done X amount of things, so you should invest in us. I think that's fine. But in, it's yeah. more to not give yourself excuses to just follow along yeah, with the crowd. Exactly. So, because just, see, yeah. so when, you, when you give excuses, yeah, people can kind of see it and notice it. But when you justify, that's like I said, excuses on steroids, you justify, people tend to back off and then you tend to 
get away with it. Mm. So you got to be careful because you may be justifying a position that is absolutely useless and you're getting away with it and you're not going to perform. And, you know, uh, like someone says, I don't have the down payment money to buy a property. So look, obviously I can't buy a property. Hold on. Is that the only reason? So is there no way you can raise that down payment? Is there no way you can do better at work and get an increment and get all kinds of stuff? There's so many things you can do. So I refuse to accept a person who just puts their hands up and says, I'm done. You know, it's mm. not possible. So so you got to end justifying because you might end up believing your own justifications. So you got to end that one. So that's number three, mm-hmm. the third necessary ending. Number four is in insufficient action. Too often, what I find why businesses fail is they just don't take enough action. Just think 10x. Take 10 times the actions you should. So in other words, take massive action. So if you take some action, you get low results. If you take massive action, you get massive results. So get into the habit of taking massive amounts of action. So for instance, some businesses would do two marketing campaigns and they think they've done a lot. What you should really do is 10 as a minimum, 10 marketing campaigns as a minimum, five online, five offline. Now, put that as your minimum standard in business. Your minimum standard in business are five offline strategies and five online strategies that you track on a daily, weekly or monthly basis. Now, consider that as your minimum. Now you're starting to take massive action. Like imagine, you know, someone wants to lose weight and then they just exercise three times a week. Well, that's not massive action. What if you worked out twice a day? Every day for five days. Now, that's just, you can eat what you want. So this is the thing. It's, it's really amazing because when you really look at it, much of, of businesses out there don't take massive action. Hmm. Much of failure that you come across is not because the strategies didn't work, but they just didn't take massive action. So I tell people, you've got to get into an action orientation. You've got to take massive action. Don't think by doing a little bit, you've done a lot. You've got to take massive amounts of action. If you're going to do research, you don't just research one article. You research tons of stuff around the topic. Now you've done massive action. So this is really an ending that you want to let go because... To be, to be honest, just this one strategy alone of taking massive action can change everything. I mean, functionally, the more darts you throw, the more targets you take. Yeah, exactly. Right. I mean, it, it's exactly just that. You know, it's as simple as that. And business people need to learn this. They need to learn not to get comfortable sure. with doing so little. So that's number six. Uh, number, uh, number, four, four. Uh, number four. Sorry. <laughs> number five. Number five is a very interesting one. In a lack of diligence. Mm. So let me explain this one. End a lack of diligence. Diligence is so critical. In fact, King Solomon more than a few thousand years ago said this, the diligent man shall stand before kings. So what is he talking about? So here's what diligence really means. Diligence means being very thorough. In other words, it's getting it right. Many businesses, I find the owners, the entrepreneurs, the managers, they're not diligent. They're not getting it right. They just do a little bit as it doesn't work. But then hang on a second. Are you getting it right? So let me give you an example. In telemarketing, script is king. So if you if you call someone and say, coach, telemarketing doesn't work for me, I would say, what script? Mm-hmm. Which script didn't work? Change a script. Change a script. So how many times? Until it works. Because the strategy isn't the problem. The script is the problem. So you've got to keep changing your script till you get a script that actually works. And now your telemarketing can work. For example, referral strategy. They say, oh, in my business, people tend not to give referrals. Really? Have you looked at the script? Have you looked at your method? Have you looked at the incentive? Change all of that and then you'll start getting referrals. Mm. So you see, you've got to be diligent simply means getting it right. 
Sure. You, when a diligent man gets it right, if one approach doesn't work, they, they attempt another approach. So like I mentioned, in telemarketing, script is king. In networking, implanting is king. In ads, advertising, headline is king. Mm. You know, if you want to get your ads right, you've got to be very good at headlines. So you want to end a lack of diligence. You want to tell yourself, moving forward as I finish strong this year and I enter the new year, I want to make sure that I'm incredibly diligent. If I run any kind of business strategy, I'm very diligent in how I do it. I, I'm very thorough and I get it right. So that's mm. number five. Yes. Then comes number six. Number six applies to anyone, employee, employer, everybody out there. And it's a very big one. Number six is in insufficient investments. I think most people, and they've got to wake up to this, they are not investing. And that will only mean 10 years from today, your financial life has not grown and and there's no if you have no vision for your finances, it has not grown. Maybe your income may, your salary may have gone up, or business owner may be taking a bit more of a director's pay. But if you're not investing, you're you have nothing to show for the years. And I tell people this all the time: you got to in insufficient investments to help you understand investments. It's just three things. There are only three vehicles you need to look at, and that is B, R, and P. B stands for business, so business meaning you're either employee or employer. R stands for real estate and P stands for paper. So my rule is every year, minimum every year, you must make one major investment in BROP. Either mm. a major investment in paper, major investment in, in real estate or a major investment in business. Every year. Now, as you get better at this, you can do it every quarter. As you get even better at this, you can do it every month. But one major investment, either every month, every quarter, every year. Now, when you look at this, what happens 10 years down the road? You are incredibly wealthy. So many people are not wealthy and they are not going to become wealthy because they have insufficient investments. Just real quick, obviously business and then real estate, uh, but paper, let's just clarify what paper means. Paper simply means, um, okay, so business, obviously we're, we're talking about either employees, employers. Mm-hmm. Um, business, real estate is property. So property, sure. there are only two types. There's landed and there's sky. Yep. So sky would be all the strata. So mm-hmm. you have the office lost the condos and landed would be, you know, you buy a, a bungalow, a terrace house and all that. Paper is all those paper investments like from fixed deposit to unit trust to stocks, futures, options, everything out there that's on that's on paper. So so all these are paper. So you want to make sure you're doing BRP. You're doing mm. all three, not just one. Sure. So insufficient investments is such a big necessary ending. You've got to end that today. Tell yourself in the next 10 years, starting from this coming year ahead, you're going to make a major investment every year and you'll thank me for it in 10 years. Mm. You'll be so much wealthier than you've ever been in your life. So that's a very big one. Mm -hmm. Number seven, the final one is in low quality and quantity the low quality and quantity of relationships that you have end it. So many people have very low quality relationships or they have a low quantity of relationships. So you've got to end this, end thinking that you're fine as you are and you're, and you're five friends and six friends and, and 10 business contacts, that's all sufficient. We are in the relationship age. Everything is about relationships. And this is this is very, very, very key. The more relationships you have and the better quality relationships you have, the more successful you will be. And guess what's the best tool for this is social media. Mm. Social media should be used only for this. Yes, people love taking photos of their food and everything else, and that's fun. But really, if you think about it, social media is an excellent tool 
to improve your relationships and to get more relationships, increase your relationships and to do a lot of things with mm-hmm. it. And we are in the relationship era. So you want to make sure that you are very, very specific about what you're doing to improve your relationships. Most people have done nothing. Mm-hmm, they just mm-hmm. they just let their relationships either grow or fade. Sure. I would also argue that even with, like, let, let's say, taking photos of your food or whatever, as long as you're using that to like its end, right? Like if you post these oh. photos, you're getting in touch with people who are having yeah, those and same interests. And then people say, hey, are, hey, where's this restaurant? I mean? Can I go Correct. with you again? Yes. Yeah, and then, then, then it's re- fine. Reach you know? out so, with that and the idea, you have a purpose. Yeah, I mean, the idea is use your social media to build relationships because it's such a good tool for that. Sure. You could use LinkedIn. You could, you've could. you got Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, however you want to do it. But social media is a great avenue to do that. Mm-hmm. And as you get better relationships and you get more relationships you see here's the thing i think the best person the person who said it best is um charlie tremendous jones he said this many many years ago and he said this the difference between you now and you in five years time is only two things the books you read and the people you meet mm-hmm. read no new books and meet no new people you will be exactly the same right and so that that is spot on you know and and if you look at your own life so much has changed when you met new people when you enter new environments, so much changes. So so ending low quality relationships and the low quantity of relationships is a very big one. So we've got these seven necessary endings here. And what, what I recommend to people is you make a list of these endings and then you start writing, what are you going to do to end each of them? So let me just do a very quick recap. The first necessary ending is end dismissal. Stop dismissing things that could be really important. Investigate instead. Second one, end blame. Stop blaming and take responsibility. Third one, end justifying. Instead of justifying, do all you can do. Look at what it is you can do. Fourth one, end insufficient action. Start taking massive action in at work and at home. Number five, end lack of diligence. Start becoming very diligent in everything you do. Become very thorough. Get it all right. Number six, end insufficient investments. So begin investing today in BRP. Invest like crazy. Number seven, end low quality and quantity of relationships. Brilliant. So with these seven, you would end, you would finish the year strong and you will enter the next year very, very well. Love all of that. Well, thank you very much, Jim, for sharing seven necessary endings uh, with our listeners today. Love that. All right. You've been listening to Raise Your Game. I'm Christine Wong. I've had Jeevan Saadevan, founder of Leverage Lab, in the studio with me talking about the seven necessary endings we need in order to finish strong in 2022. If you've missed any of today's interview, of course, you can listen back to the podcast on our app available on the Apple App Store and Google Play and our website, bfm.my. We've got Move On Up by Curtis Mayfield here on BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.